God is always here. He's always here looking for us, desiring to pour himself out. But there are times, and I don't theologically have all the answers, when God shows up in such a way that you know he's here. You know he's here, and you know he's wanting to do something. And through a series of events, uh, I don't want to take away, but I want you to understand the last time we sang that song, the last time we sang and Molly said, sang that, <laughs> David J was with us. And I'm going to let him come up and, uh, and share. There's been a couple of prophetic words that have come in this season, I, in that song, and it wasn't that I was stirred emotionally. In this season, in that song, God was saying, I'm doing something. God spoke to Emily and gave her a word just right along with us, with, with uh, Katie the same way. But Dave and I talked on Monday. He came up to me the only day I was able to go in the gym until Friday and uh, began to share some of his testimony with me. He said, I'd love to share that. I said, absolutely. I want you to release that. I want you to share it. And uh, he told me he was coming today. And then when we came in, Molly was up here with the worship team. The first time she's been, she's sung since David was here last time. I had no idea, no clue, no, no idea what song was going to be sung, anything like that. And uh, David comes in and we start singing and, and how, how great is our God. And that was sweet. And then we went over into that and I was just undone. He said, I'm convinced the Lord says there are times I'll, I'll pass by. Just like the, the disciples in the boat, Jesus would have passed them by, not because he didn't care about them, but he wanted them to call out for him. And I believe this is one of those moments, Jesus saying, where you are today, will you call out? And uh, I'm going to let David share them. We've got a couple other testimonies, uh, or words that I want to release. I want Emily to release hers and, and uh, Katie to release hers. But I want David to share. <clears throat> Good morning. You can be seated. I'm David uh, Janicello. Um, I was part with Todd years ago when the Lord laid in his heart to launch his ministry. And the place that Todd had wanted was to make a place where the Spirit of God would be free. And the people would have time. Excuse me to tarry in the presence of the Lord. So a few weeks ago, it's been a long season. Every one of us know what that is in families, whether it's children, whether it's finances, whether it's business, whether it's money, the enemy comes to steal. But the true church never takes their eyes off the master. Back in October, I found out I was real sick. And it's on the wings of us, my wife and I, serving our family with his great pain and great distress. And we've been going, but we've been just churning before the Lord. And no matter what the day is, people don't know what it is to be in the presence of the Lord. I do not care how tired or how much pain, or how much struggle. 
the church stands up and looks to get together and to glorify the name of the master. So that morning, it had been an all-nighter. I sleep maybe an hour a night to two hours a night. And I said, I was so hungry. It was Passover Sunday for the Jews. And I came. I just wanted to be. You know, Job says oil will rub off the flinty rock. You can associate yourself with the presence of God and come off with a sheen on you that was not your own. I couldn't stand. I went to stand for the Lord's Supper and my whole right knee disjointed. Whoa, right when you said stand. I said, I'm going to sit there and just flip the pages. And one of the reasons I wanted to come was to encourage those that know what it is to walk with the Spirit of God, that it's easy to pray in tongues, but when they think the Lord has spoken to them, to step out by faith and speak a word that is not of their own and they're they, they believe it's the Lord, but they struggle with everything in them. Is it their popcorn or is God in this? Mark reached out to me in the back, came up to me and spoke an unusual word. And Todd will tell you, when I was serving here, I will measure something to death to make sure it's a God thing. But he said, you're tired and you fear, you're scared, something in that manner. But if you will go forward, and step into it, Jesus will meet you. I went, mm, thank you, Mark. I sat down, I started flipping the scriptures, and here it was, talking to me again. In the next breath, the worship changed, Melanie. And it was in, climb with arms wide open. And the Lord spoke to me, and, and then the, in the moment that Mark spoke to me, I tucked my head and I said, I saw mountainous ranges physically all over. And one of them was sickness and one of them was my family and one of them was finance and it was just endless. And I tucked my head and I said, Lord, I am so tired. But I said, it was a word of faith and it was that word of sincerity of my heart. I said, Lord, I'll climb every mountain if you will be at the summit. If you will be at the summit. That's when the music changed. In the next breath, I heard him say, my people are blinded by the mountain and they've lost sight to look for me. Well, I left. I was getting ready to leave in the art department. Joyce and Sister Porter at the same time had a word, said that picture's for David. And I Timmy was talking to me, and I said, I'm sorry, what was the meaning of the picture? And they said, as you ascend, they'll find, you'll be in the presence of the Lord. <laughs> Three times. Because God knows with me, I'd have chewed it to death. <laughs> I'd have chewed it, and I'd have said, popcorn. <laughs> but when I left, I got nervous. I didn't know what was happening. See, I run a small mom and pop business. If those that know me know, if you ever see me, it's only working. My day off is working. My day on is working because I'm persevering to meet this small business. And I didn't know what I was walking into. This thing that you're seeing in me is supposed to be a six-month endeavor. And there's a possibility of my right arm as well. And I didn't know where I was going to get it. And I didn't know what that word meant. I just knew it was coming. I get up now to, to add to this. 
The day before I came here, well, two days before was supposed to have been my surgery. They canceled it and rescheduled it for Tuesday after the service I came here. I didn't know why. I was frustrated. Not another surgery in the middle of the week in the hospital, so they canceled my only one. You tell me in Moses Cone, how come every surgery was canceled that day? Within the next 24 hours, when me and Todd shared, I ended up in the hospital. I was at stroke level. They couldn't find anything they didn't know. I have been overworking, preparing for the surgery. They sent me home without an aspirin. I didn't know what to do. I said, oh my God, it's another $5,000. And then here comes the surgery. They called me on Monday and said, guess what? You have to pay the surgeon in advance, and your surgery is 17000 without anesthesia, 18000 and we want your 20%. And I said, I got $250. We'll make payments. I didn't know what. But the Lord, when they called me, the weight of those mountains came in on me that, that day in the middle of work. And I bowed my head, and I said, Lord, your word said, if I would walk forward, you would walk with me. I put this down. I enter into your rest. That night, it was 9 o'clock. It was time to go home. I was so tired. I had surgery the next morning. And a six-foot giant walked in my room, said, come in my office. I thought I was in trouble because I run my mouth so much. <laughs> I, if you can be picked with, I'm going to pick with you. And this man with tears in his eyes pulled out an envelope. See, this is my 16th surgery. And every day that I've ever had a surgery, in 48 hours, I had to go back to work. You know, there ain't no nine weeks off for recovery. It's because I have to go to work. Not that I want, I have to do the business, but then I have to do is all of this family crisis. And all I kept hearing was stand up, stand up. But the Lord was saying to me, sit down. I walked in the hospital with the entire surgery paid in full. Not from one person, from unassociated people, people I don't even train, heard. Paid the whole surgery. The next day, well, actually the opposite, a day before, two days before, the other hospital visit, unassociated, no one knowing came in and committed this entire bill thing that I had, never asking is unto the Lord. You don't know, that don't happen in my world. I've never known that. In less than seven days from the day the Lord said, sit down instead of stand up, near $10,000 came and covered every bit. That was the first time in 25 years I didn't have to go to work. And I could reorganize my head to wrap around this thing. So to you that step out, I, I give honor to the house. I've, I, I get to support all the men of God to support my ministry. But in this house, you make room. You may not have it 100%. You may have it 100%. But in this place, they make room for the presence of the living God. You can come here and you don't have to sit down and turn off ACDC, which I hear every day. And you don't have to turn off, you know, the song of the day. It takes me a while to turn off 
and two songs in a chorus ain't going to get it. Men like me, women like me that don't know nothing but, you know, churning have to have time in this place. You have it. So I encourage you, press God. And it was the image of this song this morning because the Lord, I said to him, if you will set the mountains in front of me, if you will be at the summit with arms wide open, I am coming after you. That was the prize. The prize was I heard it, not the voice that he gave me finance. It's always a bill. If, I, if, if he fixes this today, tomorrow's another one. But the presence of the Lord was promised. And he pursued me when I wouldn't pursue me. So to God be the glory. Yeah, he's, he's so good. He's so good when we uh, make room for him. So, uh, Emily, come on up and share what the Lord spoke to you. And then uh, I'll give it to Katie as well. Uh, and then we'll, I don't know where we'll go. That's up the mail. That's her job. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just messing <laughs> I don't know where we'll go. We're with him. That's what matters. And, uh, you know, the, the beauty of that is, as David said, within 72 hours of him saying, all right, God, if I'll climb if I know you're there. You're my reward. And uh, if I know you're there, I'll climb. He's within 72 hours, the money came. And as he said, it wasn't about the money. It was about the Lord being who he said he is, and that's faithful all the time when we'll be willing to follow him to be obedient to step out and uh as i said i was so wrecked when david had shared with me on monday and said that he would he would love to share with the church and i said absolutely and then we come in here this morning and molly belts out the same song i was done stick a fork in me i was done <laughs> I, uh, all she wrote man because he's just that good he's just that good so and then in the midst of that God spoke to him and then to Katie as well about the same time. So I want them to share. Um, I just got a, well, I got a picture at first and then he gave me a word of um, somebody get, having surgery. And I feel like he's has done and he is doing surgery on us and he's waking us up. You know how if you've ever had surgery, you have anesthesia and you feel that numbness and then you start to come back to life. Like that's what he's doing. But it's with his glory and his love, so it's going to be much faster than a, a natural super, a natural surgery. It's going to be very supernatural. Um, so the numbness, it has to go from this place. Yeah. God's love is bigger. Yeah. His truth, his glory, it takes over. So just, just let him. He, will, he loves it. Amen. Come up here, I won't feed um, so I got the, uh, this word while we were worshiping earlier. Um, I have a course laid out for you. An obstacle course is set. There's more than one hoop for you to jump through. There's more than one beam to balance on. Take each obstacle one step at a time. Don't look back or ahead and be defeated and focus on where you've slipped. Don't look ahead in fear seeing a wall that is too high to climb. Follow me. Follow my lead. Watch me. Watch how I go through the hoop. See what I use to climb the wall. I will equip you for each obstacle. I will not leave you to suffer on your own. 
Each obstacle requires something new, a skill for you to learn. Watch me. See what I do. Follow my lead. Watch me ahead. Feel me pushing you from behind. Follow my lead and watch me. It's just like he told David, I'll meet you there. The Lord is inviting us to follow him. It's a new place, and it's not going to be a place we can run ahead of him. Jesus said in John 5, I what? I only do what I see my father doing. Why? It showed intimacy. It showed relationship. It showed that it wasn't about me getting to a destination. It was about walking with him. And I want to encourage us to do that as we go back into worship. It's about him. It's about setting our gaze on him and following him. So I encourage you to do that. I believe, as, as Emily said, there's things that God's doing in the room right now. And he's saying, awaken. I've, I've removed some stuff you don't need. And it's good. Uh, and just be healed and be whole. So let's go into worship.
always amazes me how the Lord is the Holy, is the Holy Spirit. He's just amazing. So from when I heard, walked in this morning, I, I had been praying before I got here. The Lord kept saying, I hear the cries of my people. I believe there's a lot of us in here that are going through a lot of things. And David's not by himself. Because the Lord took me to Joshua. And the Lord took me to Isaiah 40, verse 3. Where he cried out in the wilderness. And the Lord said, I'll prepare a way before the Lord to come. And I could see and I could hear. It may be a faint cry. You may say, well, I've just said one word to the Lord. Help me. He hears it. He hears every cry. No matter how faint. No matter how strong. He wants you to know this morning he hears your cry. And he sent me to tell you that. And the other thing about Joshua, you can read Isaiah 40, verse 3. I'm not going to take the time. Um, but the thing about Joshua is Moses was dead. There's things that are dead in our lives that we can't hold on to anymore. And... and. Uh, it's already been alluded to this morning, but we can't hold on to the dead things. Joshua had to move on. There was things he knew that he had to accomplish. And you know what the Lord was speaking this morning is, what was in front of them was an obstacle. But you know, when the two witnesses went before and was with Rahab, what, what did Rahab tell those two men? That the people of Israel, no, sorry, the people here have heard about the greatness of your God. So what do you fear? What are you afraid of? And actually in Joshua, I want y'all to hear it. Joshua 3, verse 24, or excuse me, 2, verse 24. Then they believed. They believed the witness that Rahab told them. What do we believe in this morning? That's what the Lord's saying. They said, they, then they went back and told Joshua, Truly the Lord has given all the land into our hands, for all the inhabitants of the country are faint before us. So do you know what that means? It was like the Lord was saying to me, I've given you things that I want you to do, and I am, I am whatever. The list is long. But what the Lord was saying is, I've prepared hearts. I've prepared finances. I've prepared things in front of you. I shake, y'all. That's what I do. Um, but I've prepared the way in front of you. And all I want you to do is go forward. And I know some of us, we hear go and we're like, oh, I can't go. It doesn't mean that. There's something in your heart, just like I was sharing with my friend just now. She knows what the Lord has laid on her. There's greatness on her and there's greatness on each one of us. But we can't sit back and, and mourn over Moses. It's time to move because the hearts are faint in front of us. The hearts are prepared because he's a great and mighty God and he hears your cry. Amen. to go. It's always good, right? Amen. Amen. Give him as much room as he needs, or desires, I should say. For a few weeks, uh, we've talked a lot about our walk, and uh, 
peripateo is the Greek word, and it means our manner of living, our custom, what's familiar to us, how we walk in relationship with the Lord, in relationship with those around us. And uh, in Ephesians chapter 5, we talked about uh, several things right there in 5, you see, talks about our walk of love, our walk as light, and our walk in wisdom. And uh, as I was praying into that this week, and uh, the Lord just really began to stir my heart, and it's been, and I love the way He uh, just de- illustrates a sermon, I guess. He'll demonstrate and illustrate a sermon, and uh, I love the way that He does that in uh, today with David giving testimony and the different things, and uh, because I feel like what the Lord is saying today, I'll quit stumbling and I'll just say it. As I was looking at Ephesians chapter 5, verse Uh, Verse 1 and 2 says this, Therefore be imitators of God as dear children. Verse 2, Walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. And that sweet-smelling aroma just got me. And I was meditating on Thanksgiving after I had talked with David on Monday and uh, had a really busy week, and it was amazing. Uh, we went Wednesday and, and booked our tickets to the Dominican Republic, and uh, they're more expensive than they thought they were going to be. Hallelujah. He's faithful. He's good. So we'll talk more about that later. But when we walked in there, we had an appointment. Stephen and I walked in, and uh, we sat down. And right away, God opened the door, and we were able to minister uh, to the lady who books our tickets for us. And uh, it was un- like the first 30 to 40 minutes, Stephen, is that right? First 30 to 40 minutes, it was just ministry. She had dialed up on the screen what we were supposed to be talking about, and then she just said, I don't know why I'm saying this, but boom, laid it all out there. And we were like, for like 30 to 40 minutes, just able to minister to her, and it was so cool. Joyce just ran into her uh, I don't know, yesterday, and she was telling Joyce about how after we had just ministered it, she said the peace of God came in, and this thing that had been troubling such weight to her was just gone, and she was at rest and at peace, and I'm like, God, that's, we had an appointment, but he had a divine appointment, and uh, you know, it's part of that walk thing that where we're just there, and God says, okay, here's one I need you to, I need you to manifest right here. We've got manifest tied up to the wrong thing sometimes. <laughs> we talk about the enemy manifesting here and there, and I think there's times God's looking for us to manifest who's in us, who we're possessed by. Amen. 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 So I've talked a lot about the walk and how we're to walk it out and, and things like that, and as I got to this right here, the Lord just really began to minister to my heart, and I'm not going to I'm not going to speak long today. We've got a picnic, and we've got barbecue, and barbecue chicken, and all that. And the Lord has ministered already here today in a, in a powerful way. And I don't ever feel like, want to feel like I have to measure up, because I can't, not to Him. Uh, and I don't believe He's finished. But in Ephesians here, He said that He's an offering. He said... Be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. In Leviticus, everybody loves Leviticus, right? We spend a lot of time there. I'm just wanting to check out Leviticus. In Leviticus chapter 1 through 7, 
God talks about, he talked to Moses and he talked to him about uh, the offerings that the, that the, not the priests would offer, that the children of Israel could offer and bring uh, to, the, to the temple, to the uh, tabernacle there and make offerings. And there are free will offerings. They were done of their own free will. It wasn't something that was demanded of them, but they were free will offerings. And the first three was the burnt offering, the meal offering, and the peace offering. And these were done, and they had absolutely, listen to me, nothing to do with sin. They weren't sin offerings. They weren't bringing an animal to sacrifice to cover sin. That wasn't what it was about. As a matter of fact, the burnt offering, scholars believe the burnt offering, what took place there is you just took an offering to the Lord to, in honor. It was a free will. You're going to God to say, God, I just want to honor you and thank you. And, uh, and you took that burnt offering, and it said they would lay hands on the, the lamb or the, the bullock or the goat, whatever it was they brought. It could be one of, the, uh, of those. There's a list of things it could be. But they would lay hands on it, and they would kill it at the, do- at the door. And then the priest would go in, and he would sprinkle it around the altar. And it told how the, how the, the sacrifice was to be divided up and, and what was to happen when it was divided up. And I'm trying not to go long. I'm going to talk more about this probably next week. But the thing that, that wrecked me is that God doesn't refer to as a sin offering as a sweet-smelling aroma before him. It's only the free will offerings that were considered a sweet aroma before the Lord. And Jesus here, and it says here in Ephesians 5, that, that we'll be imitators of God and walk in love because the sacrifice that Jesus gave, what was it? It was a sweet aroma to the Lord. Why was it a sweet aroma? Was, it, was sin involved in it? Yes, but in this context, what he was talking about, Jesus freely laid his life down as a free will offering for you and for me. It was a free will offering that he gave of himself. He said, I know I don't have to do this. I choose to do this and I give it for the people. And the Bible says in Ephesians 5 here that it was a sweet aroma to the Lord. What does it have to do with anything? We've talked a lot about our walk, why the Lord has said that, you know, we don't walk or work for God. We walk and work from what God has done for us, correct? So this walk, this parapete, this manner of living, why do we separate ourselves? Why do we come out from among them? Why do we not touch the unclean thing? Is it so we can be holy? No, he made us holy. He made us holy. That's what the Word of God says, that we are, cre- uh, we are born again in true righteousness and holiness. That's how we are. So why do we do it? We do it because the price that He freely gave for us. As a love offering, we come to Him in a peace offering, a thanksgiving offering. And inside of that peace offering was a thanksgiving offering where they would bring bread with no leaven. And they would bring it and they would offer it. And what's so cool about the peace offering, it was the peace offering that was after the burnt offering. It was after the meal offering. So the body had been burned and it had been uh, consecrated, which is a saying of God saying, I'm giving you everything. The meal offering was from man. What they, it was the wheat and the grain that they worked and they offered to him and said, God, you're our source, our sustenance. We trust you. Come on. The peace offering, it was called, it was given several names. It was called, the, in different commentaries, they'll, they'll mention it different ways. They'll even, uh, different translations have a different offering when you come to uh, this, the third offering in Leviticus is right around chapter 3. But it says it could be a peace offering, a fellowship offering, a praise offering, a thanksgiving. All those names are listed for that. You know what's so important about what's so beautiful about it? This offering, when they brought this offering as a free will, it wasn't commanded of them. They brought the offering themselves. They offered it up. And 
what's so beautiful about it is that everyone had a part. They would, break, they would take the fat and the kidneys, and they would burn it completely on the altar. Then they would separate the, uh, the animal. The skin would go to the priest. The priest would take the blood and sprinkle it around the altar, and then they would offer it, offer it to the Lord. But in this offering, in the peace offering, everyone received something. The Lord received an offering that was burnt before him, that was holy to him. The priest received part of the, the uh, animal that was brought. And the person who brought the offering, they got part of the animal and it went back with them. It was the peace offering. It was a thanksgiving offering that was brought before the Lord and saying, God, I thank you for who you are. It wasn't commanded or demanded. It was a free will offering. And it was when it was brought to the Lord as a free will offering, the Bible says it's a sweet aroma to the Lord. When they would go in and they would burn the, uh, the fat and the kidneys. And the fat talks about the abundance of the Lord. That's what it was. It was the richness of the Lord. It was to be burnt, to say, God, this is who you are. You're a good God. You get all the fat. I didn't really search out the kidneys, but I know they're filters. And they get rid of all the junk and say, God, you can have the junk. You get the goodness because that's who you are, and you get all the junk <laughs> to burn it up, to take care of it. But it was a free will offering. Why do we walk the way we do? Because if we don't, God won't love us? No, absolutely not. We walk as a free will offering. Romans 12, 1 and 2 is a free will offering that we present ourselves to the Lord and say, God, the least I can do is give myself a sacrifice to you because of everything that you gave for me. Jesus, it says here, that therefore be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ, and walk in what? Love, as Christ also loved us and has given himself for us. You could say a free will offering and sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. So when we willingly say, God, I give it to you, not when we get to a situation and we've, we've been there. And here's what's so beautiful about God. He'll meet you where you are. He met Peter when he was sinking. Wow. He said, come. Peter started coming. Peter began to sink. He cried out, and what did Jesus do? He didn't lecture him. He met him where he was. God will do that. He'll meet us where we are. He, his desire is not that we get to that place where we have to give a sin offering. Where we go, God, I've just screwed up so much. <laughs> yeah, I said it. I messed up so much, and all I can do is just, Please forgive me. You know what? He'll meet you there. He'll meet you there. But you know what's sweet smelling to God? It's when we come as a free will offering and we go, Jesus, you're beautiful. I, I don't have all the answers. That's been said so clearly here today. It, the, you don't know. It's not just a hoop. It's hoops that you're going to go through. There's beams that you're going to walk on, not just a beam. But you're not alone. You've got to follow me. You've got to listen and you've got to hear. The, the word that that Emily shared about, I've done surgery and there's things that's been cut off. You've wakened out of that numbness and you're, you're coming out of that. You're awakening to, and it's awakening through what? Love, right here. He said, be imitators of, of Christ and do what? Walk in love. The word that Stephanie brought, all those, God was weaving a tapestry and he was saying, I desire for you to give that free will offering because this is a sweet smell to me. For you to say, Jesus, I give it all to you. He'll meet you where you are. He'll meet, if, you, if you're one of those, let's see if I won't say it that way. Hmm. I already stepped in it now. If your manner of life has been, I'll figure it out on my own, and when I have no other answers, I'll, I'll get to the end of myself, then I'll reach out to God. 
You know what? He'll meet you there. He'll meet you there. But that's not his desire. It's not for you to get to end of yourself because he created you to be something beautiful, something amazing. He don't want you to get to the end of yourself. He wants you to understand who yourself really is in him so that you can be who he's called you to be. And then when we give that free will offering, he meets us there. And he says it's a sweet aroma to the Lord. It's a sweet aroma to the Lord. When we go, God, here it is. Here's my walk. Here's my life. I offer it to you. And I desire. And does that mean that we get it right all the time? No, that was the beauty about the peace offering. All that. They could do it as much as they want. <laughs> it wasn't just a once a year thing. They could bring the peace offering. They had offerings, uh, sacrifices that took place twice a day, a morning and an evening sacrifice that took place every day there. And they could come throughout that day. And while the, the fire was still hot with the sacrifices that were made, that they could offer their peace offering and that free will offering before the Lord. And it was a sweet aroma to the Lord. You know what I think is beautiful when we come to him, even in the midst of we don't understand. Even in the midst of, God, I don't know how it's going to happen in the natural, but I know what your word has said, and I'm going to believe your word, and I offer myself to you right here, right now, afresh and anew to you. All I have is me, and this is what I give you. There's an aroma that goes up. And I believe when we do that, God of heaven goes, you smell that? Do you smell that? That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Do you smell that? That's my kids. Not because I told them they had to. Come on, parents. Huh? When your kids just spontaneous do something that side swipes you that you had no idea they were going to do, whether it clean up something, just come give you a big hug and a kiss, and it's not loaded on the back end. <laughs> Can I get a witness, mom and dad? They don't come give you a big hug. I just love you. What do you want? Nothing. I just love you. Okay. Can we get some ice cream? Is that why you told me I love? Oh, I didn't tell you. I just love you. But ice cream would be good. Can we get some ice cream? At most, give in. Just because we're good. We love our kids. And he said, if you know how to give good gifts to your kids, how much more your father? In heaven, not just knows how and wants to, desires to give good things to us when we come. So when we come, and we come not out of compulsion, not because somebody told us we had to, if we wanted to be right with God, not because someone, and there are elements to all that, there's truth in, but the heart of it is this, the sweet aroma to the Lord was those that were brought of a free will, those that said, God, I just recognize who you are, I love you, and I'm giving myself to you, and that's a, sometimes it's a daily thing. Sometimes it's a daily thing, and the beauty of it is God's there, and he says, and you know what? That smells as good today as it did yesterday. And we don't, as Katie said, we don't look back and get distracted by failures or mistakes because we're going to make them. That's not a negative confession. That's a fact, Jack. We're, we're uh, made the righteousness of God in Christ, but we still live in, in bodies of flesh, and we have a soul that we contend with, and sometimes that soul will f flesh out. Amen. Thank you, Keena. Tina's like, yes, Lord. Sometimes it happens, and we, we do it 
in a moment, and we don't realize it, and sometimes the Lord will let us see it. I'm getting better. I promise I'm getting better. I'm getting better in my driving and things like that. <laughs> Tina, don't raise your eyes like that. <laughs> but it's, uh, it never fails. If I'm on the phone with Tina driving somewhere, 99.9% of the time, I'm going to be nice. This person with less than sufficient driving capabilities will show up right in front of me and do something. And I caught myself. I said, honey, seems like about every time we're on the phone, I tell you about somebody driving, don't I? She said, yep. So she don't even get it just when she's in the car with me. She gets it when we're on the phone together. But the Lord is good. And he highlighted it to me. And he showed me. And I'm working on, he's still working on me. So I offer myself to the Lord Jesus. I'm not perfect. I've not arrived, but I have left. Hallelujah. And that's what he desires. And my heart is this. Not that I convince you through Scripture why we should be a living sacrifice. Because I can. Because uh, I, and that's not, Luis's phone is talking to him. <laughs> it's not, uh, to convince us, it's, it's, it's not to, and, and that's important. It's important to know truth and to know why. But Jesus is saying, what's beautiful and what smells so good to me is when you of your free will just come and offer yourself to me and say, God, today's a day that it's an opportunity to me, for me to be a living sacrifice to you. And we don't know what that looks like. Are we compelled to live holy? Yes. Are we compelled to live righteous in a, in a dark world, to be a light in a dark world? Absolutely. Is there scriptural precedence for all of that? Absolutely. I can take the scripture and prove that how we are supposed to walk. But all that does is it it'll, it may assure you in your mind, but what God is after is your heart. So when we talk about our walk, with the Lord. And in that, there's marvelous opportunities when we're walking with Him to not take offense when offense has been given. Amen. That's part of that, that free will offering of giving myself is saying, I'm going to walk in love because that's what it said here. I'm going to walk in love. And 1 Corinthians 13 says that love, your kind of love, the love that's been placed in my heart that I can all walk in as a, a free will offering to you, says it takes no account of a wrong suffer. Amen. That I can love, not become a doormat, but that I can love even those who aren't lovely to me. And it's then that we shine like lights. It's then that that offering goes up before the Lord and it smells good. And you know what? I'm convinced of it doesn't just smell good to the Lord. It'll smell good to those around you. Because when your offering is that, that, that smells good to the Lord, I, and I'll, I'll close with this. I told you I wouldn't be long today. I think of the woman who brought the alabaster box. And she was kneeling behind Jesus. She broke the box and she was weeping and she let down her hair and she anointed his feet with the oil and she wiped it with her tears. Her tears were on and she wiped it with her hair. And I've said this before, but it just wrecks me. When they left, the, fair, the religious crowd didn't understand it. And let me tell you this. When you begin to walk, as we begin, not when or if, but as we begin to walk in greater understanding of what a living sacrifice is, of that sweet aroma to the Lord, not everyone's going to like the smell. Not everyone's going to like it. It could be the most pleasant smell in the world, but to some, and that's what the Bible says, it says to some, it's the smell of salvation and deliverance. To others, it's the smell of condemnation because they're not willing to turn.
So it may smell really good, you know, just, it, but it doesn't mean everyone's going to receive it. When this woman, it was the most precious, uh, spikenard was the most precious of ointments, and she anointed his feet. But the Pharisees couldn't, couldn't get over the fact that she didn't do everything exactly like they thought she should do it. That she had been a sinner, or was a sinner, and that Jesus should know this. But what to Jesus, what it was to him was what? A sweet aroma. You know why? What kind of offering was it? It was a free will offering. It wasn't commanded of her. She heard of the goodness of the Lord and said, as bad as I've been, I can come to him and I can worship him and I can be forgiven. So of her free will, she poured out what she probably earned through a less than godly lifestyle. But she offered it to him and in his nose, to the, to the religious leaders, it was a stench. To his nose, it was a sweet aroma. And here's what's so beautiful. <laughs> when they left the house, if you closed your eyes, you couldn't tell who was walking by, if it was Jesus or the woman who had made the sacrifice. <laughs> they smelled the same. Come on, that's just good. So my heart and my encouragement today is this. Man, many opportunities to respond to who the Lord is were given today. Many, 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 from David's testimony to the prophetic words that were given, to the scriptures that were shared, there's been many opportunities. Even, please, even as, as Stephanie shared, that I, there's those that have been crying out, and they felt like their voice was just mute, and, and it wasn't going forward. Jesus said, I've heard, I hear. So there's that response of saying, okay, if I know that he heard, then, then my response is to walk like he heard and to walk like I've been heard. And that's what First John says, this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, we know that he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, we know that we have the petitions that we've desired of him. 